This episode of the I Am Northbound podcast is brought to you by the 4D songwriter, How to Dominate the New Music Industry. Get your copy of this number one best-selling book at the4dsongwriter.com. All right, so you're a music artist with plans to take over the world, huh? Yeah, duh. That's why I'm here. Well, you've come to the right place. Let's go! Welcome to the I Am Northbound podcast. Podcast. Your guide to dominating the new music industry. What is up, everyone, and welcome to episode number 24 of Mythbusters. I say that because I saw myself on the playback monitor, and it reminded me of a few years ago when I was wearing a black shirt looking exactly like this. And my friend said to me, man, you look like Adam Savage. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I do. I, as soon as I, every time I wear a black shirt now, I look at myself and go, man, I look like Adam Savage. But anyway, thanks so much for joining me today. It's obviously episode number 24 of I Am Northbound, of course. And if you're listening on the audio podcast, you have no idea what I look like. But you also wouldn't be able to see the killer new set. Look at this. We're stepping up the game. Oh, you don't notice what's different? Well, I, all I did was move those letters on the board up slightly higher. So now you can see them above the microphone, yeah? Because I realized that the whole time I've had them up there, they've been too low. Anyway, I'm joking. There is no new set. It's exactly the same apart from me moving those letters a little bit higher. So how have you been? How's your week been? How's everything going in your world? Has everything been great? Things have been fantastic here. We've got, I mean, apart from we're putting new features in listen pages every single day and people are using it and loving it. And it's really cool to hear how much it's like... Um, you know, how, how much they are building into that platform and you know, how much it's going to help them once some data starts coming in and that type of thing. So, I mean, once you get your pages out there, it's about interpreting the data. So, in this stage, we're just getting the pages out there, but um, people are really starting to see the potential. Plus, also seeing what we plan to do with it in the future. I mean, really cool stuff. It, the people are, I'm glad to see the people and hear the people are really keen on it as well. But aside from that, my week has been great because I've been saying on the podcast about how much it helps me when you leave a review. Like the five-star reviews, I mean, if you leave a five-star review, it's the best thing ever. But like to get a five-star review is pretty tricky with podcasts. So like I never expected I'd get five-star reviews. That's crazy. But I didn't expect anyone to actually go ahead and actually do a review on... That's the thing. I had hoped that you would, but I didn't expect you to. So whoever's listening now, there were a couple of you that went out and left five-star reviews. And I just stumbled across them on Apple Podcasts the other day. And one guy left an actual like text review and said how much he liked the podcast. That is amazing. I think there's been four people as of now that have left five-star reviews. That has absolutely made my week. I was like smiling for hours after that. I was like, that's so cool that you guys actually did it when I said, could you do it to help me out? absolutely amazing. I can't thank you enough. You have no idea how much that means to me. Uh, If you haven't left a review yet, now you know how happy it makes me. I'd love it if you could go and do that. But for the people that actually did it, I just want to say thank you so much. Like I don't expect you to reach out and tell me who you are, but if you tell me if you left a review, if you DM me somewhere, I mean, I'll make you something special because honestly, I want to say thank you so much for doing that. And you legitimately made my life. If I can get you back in any way, then I will, you know? But anyway, I hope your life has been fantastic. I hope things are going great. Got a really cool show planned for today. Did you check out last week's episode? Because you should have. There was plenty of stuff we talked on that were, that were absolutely amazing. I think my favorite segment on last week's podcast is definitely talking about uh, books of the music industry and why they aren't worth buying. Because a lot of times, uh, I mean, I know some people don't like reading and that's cool. Some people just like listening to the podcast. But if you want the answers and you want the, you know, the information, you want to know how to like move towards your music dreams, then you should be reading, right? Because books contain all the answers. Then you don't have to wait for the podcast to come out and hope that the segments I talk about are relevant to your music career. 
but a lot of people do that, right? They actually go out and look for books and they try to, you know, read up on the music industry and stuff. And in that segment, I talked about why I think most books on the music industry aren't worth reading uh, because they seem to make the same mistakes. Now, there are a couple of books in the music industry that uh, are pretty good, but I've never actually read a book on the music industry that I'm like, this is the winner. You know what I mean? That's exactly what I mean. If I read that book, I wouldn't have written mine. I wrote mine to be the answer to that question. Like how do, what's the best book on the music industry? And what's, if someone was like, I want to reach my music goals, what book should I read? That's why I wrote that with that question in mind. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people are buying other books too that have good information in them, but a lot of the information just isn't relevant because of the way the music industry moves. But I talk about that and a whole bunch of other stuff around that topic in last week's episode. So go and check that out if you haven't already. I know you're absolutely going to love it. Secondly, I did my first I Am Northbound Extra that came out last week. I realized that in episode 22, when I talked about Instagram and the new changes they've made, I said I'd talk about the mistakes I made in growing my account so that it could help you as well. I realized that when I recorded the episode, I didn't actually go into enough detail as well because it was a much bigger topic than what I could cover in 10 minutes. So I did the I Am Northbound Extra episode on that topic. You know, the mistakes I've made on Instagram over the years, I've been growing accounts. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've learned a lot of things. And I want to tell you my results, right? So you don't make those mistakes on your accounts, but that is exclusively on the podcast only. Okay. That's not available on Instagram. It's not available on the listen pages website. Even it's just available on the podcast. So go to your favorite podcast platform, check it out. If you're listening to this on the podcast now, make sure you didn't miss that episode because you might just be checking in every week for the main I am Northbound episode, Uh, but there are going to be little extra segments here and there. So keep your eye out on your podcast feed for when the new episodes come out, but enough housekeeping. Let's get into it. So you want to get your music reviewed in publications, which you should. You should definitely be trying to get your music out there into the world. And you should be contacting publications, press, magazines, newspapers, blogs, you know, social media influencers every single day, right? Like to try to find avenues to build networking opportunities to get your music out there in the world. But there's mistakes that I see a lot of music artists making when contacting these press publications that uh, need to be fixed. Otherwise, all of your hard work is not going to be worth your time, right? Because you'll you know, contact these people and spend all your day writing your emails out. But if you're making these mistakes, you're not going to get replies. So I want to tell you today about the mistakes that most music artists are making when contacting press. So you don't end up making them and your music can actually be featured inside these publications. So the first one is that most music artists don't do their research, okay? Nothing is faster than the speed of light, but I'm pretty sure that a journalist hitting the delete button on an email that was sent from an artist that didn't do their research is, you know, that, that'll come the closest, right? You have to do your research before you send through to these specific journalists. And I'm talking about online press publications, but it's the same thing for magazines or newspapers. Whatever term I use, just know it works for everything, okay? You have to do your research. There is no point whatsoever in sending your email to info at whatever magazine magazine or info or whatever blog or hello or, you know, contact. None of those emails are going to be seen by the right person. You need to be contacting specific journalists and you need to be contacting specific journalists that are able to cover exactly what you're looking to be featured in. There is no point in contacting someone who works in the admin side of the publication because they're not the ones looking for stories, right? And it's no point in contacting journalists that aren't covering what your specific topics are. And you won't know that unless you do your research first. So make sure that every email you send is sent directly to a specific person that is addressed exactly to who it is relevant for, because then you stand the best chance of being covered. Secondly, you should not be trying to aim for the big publications. Okay. I totally get it. They have the biggest audiences. So you should, you be thinking that, you know, if you get on those publications, wow, you know, 
was it high risk, high reward or whatever, but it's that's not the way it's going to work for you, okay? Because you could send out to 100 big publications and get no response from any of them. Meanwhile, you could have sent those emails out to 100 smaller publications and gotten featured on maybe a third of them or maybe half if you're lucky, right? And therefore get way more coverage. So don't dismiss the smaller publications, okay? These smaller publications usually have obviously smaller, you know, audiences and smaller demographics, but you'll find that these audiences are usually far more committed than the bigger audiences of the bigger publications, okay? These huge media giants or whatever, you know, I just have a lot of people that are sort of interested in what they bring out because they bring out so much stuff. I think people just kind of browse these publications with only half of their attention, but the smaller publications usually have a very dedicated fan base that pay them attention. If they say something's good or is worth checking out, they normally listen and will actually follow through with checking you out after. It's the same thing with Facebook ads. People rave about, I got 10,000 views on my latest music video because I promoted it with Facebook ads, but how many of those people actually followed you after and became fans, okay? These big publications might get you a lot of vanity stats, but if you want real fans that follow you for your journey, you should be looking at smaller publications. Next, you have to consider the tone that you speak in when you send your email, okay? The tone you use must reflect the culture and the style of that specific publication. If you try to contact a blog that is very uh, fun and lighthearted and doesn't take themselves too seriously and you come in with an ultra professional tone, you're not going to align with their you know, core beliefs, right? And they might dismiss you, but the same thing goes the other way around. If you contact a magazine or blog, a publication or newspaper, but that has a very professional culture, and you come in being too lighthearted and that you're not taking yourself seriously, they might dismiss you too, okay? So you have to have done your research and know exactly who you're contacting and what way they like to be spoken to. Next, you have to be sending your email at the right time. Now, the general rule of thumb here is don't send when it's convenient to you, send when it's convenient to the person receiving it, okay? Emails aren't meant to be sent as something that just sits in their inbox and they'll get to it whenever. You wanna aim for your email to be opened as close as possible to when you sent it, okay? So therefore, you have to send it at the most convenient time for the recipient. Now, this means don't send it on the weekend at nighttime if they're going to, you know, if they're in the same time zone as you because they might just, they might not get to it till Monday morning. All the emails over the weekend have then piled up in their inbox and they might skip over yours, okay? I usually find that like after lunch on Tuesday or Wednesday work because as I said, you don't want to send it too early in the week, but you definitely don't want to send it too late in the week either because by Friday, they're trying to finish all their work before the weekend. So, after lunch on Tuesday or Wednesday usually works best, but can Consider time zones, okay? These people might not be located where you are, so you have to do the calculations to know exactly when to send it to make sure that they get it at the best time for them. And lastly, I would say this is probably the biggest reason that people don't get featured or don't end up getting uh, a response from these magazines and that type of thing. Even if you do all of those previous steps perfectly, that doesn't guarantee you a response, okay? A lot of music artists think, you know, oh, well, I didn't get a response, so they mustn't be interested, but silence does not mean no. And that's where a lot of people will give up, but you shouldn't give up until you know for certain that they're not interested. And the only way that you can know that they're not interested is if they've said no. So you must follow up, okay? Some people just don't respond because they're too busy. They see your email, they open it, they say, I'll get back to that later and they never get around to it, but that doesn't mean they're not interested. But then again, to look at it from the other perspective, you shouldn't spam people, okay? Maybe leave it three or four days between each email. And if it's if two weeks have gone by and they haven't responded, but you're using a software that allows you to see when your emails are being opened and you know they're reading it, they're just not responding, give them a call. You never know. If you finally get through to their office and say, hey, I've sent you a few emails. Uh, what do you think? Like, do you think we could work together? If they say no on the phone, then at least you know that they're not interested, okay? But you won't know until you get that answer. So, make sure that you continue to follow up within reason. Don't be spammy. Don't be pushy or they definitely will say no, but keep following up until you're sure that they're not interested. 
Follow those steps and you'll stand a much better chance of getting your music into press publications. So if you've been following me for a while now, you would know that every now and then I like to find opportunities within the music industry that are time sensitive. Okay. You need to kind of strike on them when I say that, you know, the opportunity is there or else you'll miss out. Now I've got a pretty good track record of calling, you know, opportunities in the past that ended up being big things. I think the second podcast episode I did ever, not on this one, but it was on another podcast when I first started it, was talking about how you should definitely be getting on Facebook watch while it's early because it's going to be a big deal, uh, you know, and, and those specific ways that you could go about growing on that. Now, look at that. People are getting millions and millions of views on Facebook Watch uh, and the music artists that listened to that did see big response even when Facebook Watch looked like no one was interested in it. Uh, same thing with Twitch TV, how you could use Twitch TV to get exposure to like 30,000 people for like $5, which is the, one of the cheapest CPMs I've ever seen. Uh, and the music artists that did that saw a big response too. You can still do that now, but it kind of needs a bit of a different approach just because of the way that Twitch has kind of changed and the way that the streams have kind of leveled out. They used to be much more top heavy streamers, but still you can get great exposure through that. But anyway, I've got a new one today that I don't think is incredibly important to everyone, but for those that uh, can take advantage of this, I really think it's an amazing exposure opportunity. So you've got to get in there quickly to do this because if too many people do it, it's going to lose its value. So whoever hears this first and does it the best job, you're going to reap the rewards. Okay. So I think one of the most exciting things in the music industry at the moment is the emergence of beatbox culture. Now, I don't know if you've uh, seen much of it before. When I tell some people that they go beatbox culture like I've never what do you mean there's people that do beatboxing and then I love to say come over here and I'm showing you on YouTube some of like the coolest things what you gonna do with that big fat butt been following it since we were like teenagers and like we used to like absolutely love the videos of like Roxaloops and stuff him doing his thing back in the day and then like Razel and then there was a period of like five years or so that I didn't check it out for, for a while and I had no idea that the evolution of it was so exponential and then uh, one day my brother sent me a video of one of the Swiss beatbox tournaments and I saw how big they are and how tight the culture is and how like well they're building it and they're building it like on complete passion which is exactly the way to stand out in this industry and it won't be long until beatbox culture is way bigger than it is now and it's already showing that okay like a couple of years ago these videos when they went viral got like 100,000 200,000 views now they're getting 20 million views okay like it's crazy and because the beatbox community is so big and it also is so tight-knit all these people go out after the tournaments into their separate areas of the music industry and do their thing and bring in different audiences to the central beatbox culture. So the way that the actual whole deal is situated is its own virality every time that it reconvenes and then goes out. It's crazy how it breathes as like a model in itself, right? So it's, I, I know it's absolutely going to blow up in a few years time. Now I'm not suggesting that you take out beatboxing. I mean, trust me, you should hear these guys. If you haven't checked it out, go and check out on YouTube, the beatbox tournaments and stuff, and just look at their most popular videos to see like, you know, the, the ones that went viral. These guys are absolutely crazy. Personally, I love it because it's human and it's analog. There's no digital machines creating stuff. It's real and it's, com it's human communication through a new art form and I've just become like addicted to it over the years and everyone that I've shown I've ended up winning over and they love it now too so I really think that if you jump on the train early and and position yourself against it, it you could use its success to bring you along with it.
And the opportunity here that I'm suggesting you do is find the world's best beatboxers and look at their Instagram accounts. A lot of them have a lot of followers, but they don't post that often or that frequently aside from new runs they're doing or they're practicing or maybe just like uh, little clips of their latest tournament they were in, etc., etc. But they're always looking for more things to post. Some of these guys are actually posting, like reposting just funny videos on their Instagram account. They have a crazy reach to very dedicated listeners that are looking for their content. There's a, People in the beatbox culture are like always looking for new content, okay? The supply and demand is reversed in the beatbox culture. Everyone wants to hear the next crazy thing that these guys are bringing out. But the beatboxers themselves are very likely to share things. If you're talking about other industries, a lot of the times the bands or artists don't really want to share that much, so it's harder to get them to share you. But I really think that you stand the best chance with the beatbox community. And a lot of these beatboxers will do remixes of popular songs and add their own sounds and do crazy stuff like that. But a lot of them are actually creating their own original works too. But it's like, I mean, how do you define genre when it comes to beatboxing okay it's like vocal electronic music so they do their own remixes of their own songs however a lot of these songs have the core elements of being really good pop songs or rock songs or even one of them I heard and thought you could do a metal cover of that song I think most genres could hear inside these beatbox performances the building blocks that they could take out and build that song into their own sound and then record it as a cover but as a fully fledged song rather than just a vocal performance and then you would send it through to that artist and say check out what I made this is a cover of your song but done in my style, I think that you have a really good chance of them sharing it to their audience. So just one quick cover on your part could accelerate you up crazy inside the beatbox community because they're going to be promoting it to their audience that are very dedicated and will take it very seriously and stand a very good chance of then moving toward your profile and checking you out as well, right? So it's definitely worth checking out. But if you're an electronic artist, it's even easier, okay? Because you can just create the electronic versions of their songs. However, I think if you're in pop music or acoustic, or metal or rock or whatever, that would add that unexpected element that might make them more likely to share your music. So everyone has an advantage here, but you just need to take advantage of it because if you want exposure to hundreds of thousands of people that are really dedicated and are looking for the next post and the people behind these accounts are very likely to share you, if you can show an appreciation to their original creativity through a cover of their music, I mean, that's just a combination for winning right there. So I understand that this is a little bit of a weird one. I think for some people, you wouldn't have expected me to say, go and find a beatboxer, listen to how good their songs are, because some of them have amazing songs that move you just like music does. It's really cool. If you haven't checked it out, go and do it. Then think about how you can create a cover of that that will complement their style and take it to a completely different level, because a lot of these guys are very contactable. They're very down to earth. They're very human. And I'm sure they would love to support a fellow artist. So I work with a lot of music artists. I don't know if you know, but I do. And over the years, I have done work. I have I have done. I have done worked with a lot of music artists in the past, and I'll continue to do it in the future. And I have heard it a lot in the past, and I'm sure I will hear it a lot into the future. When I tell music artists you should be posting more to social media because no one is posting enough. I'm not posting enough. I'm posting daily, and it's not enough. I should be posting at least three times that, and I'll be growing a lot faster if I actually did that. Okay, but as normal, just listen to what I say, not what I do. But I tell music artists all the time, you need to be posting more to social media, you need to be increasing the frequency of your posts and you need to be, you know, utilizing Instagram stories. I mean, you've heard me say that. I said that on an episode not too long ago, but usually the response I get, I've heard it a million times in the past and I'll hear it a million times in the future is, I don't know what to post to my followers, okay? Like, I mean, I just don't know. What would I actually provide to them? I run out of ideas too quickly. Well, inside the four-dimensional songwriter, I actually give a complete step-by-step guide to how you can, not just ideas, but real step-by-step, complete these steps and you'll have it done every single week 
to create enough high quality content, not just posting random stuff of you doing nothing and that's boring that no one will like. Real high quality content that will move you closer toward uh, growing your audience into the crowd of true fans that you want it to be with it only taking a few hours out of your week. You thought I was going to say day then, right? But no, you only need a couple hours a week and you can create all this content, schedule it in advance and just it will automatically do it for you. A lot of people think that I manually put all my posts up. I don't. I create the podcast and I do all the segments and I do all the you know different posts and I schedule them up and they just come out through the week. And then I just check in and write back to you all in comments and that kind of thing, right? So, it's, it's, it's really easy to do it that way because I hate social media. I always keep forgetting what to post. So, doing it this way is much easier. You could be doing that too and not posting around once per day like I am, I show you in this book, a step-by-step guide on how to post 21 times per week. That's three posts per day with it only taking like a couple of hours out of your time each week. So, I 100,000% recommend you check it out. But you have to like get my book to read that, right? Like, I can't just tell you that inside this because it's too long and it will take way longer than the time I have in this podcast to do that. Uh, but I've actually got something that is completely free that you can go and get right now. So, I got sick of music artists saying to me, I don't know what to post. So, I sat down one day and created a resource I call 100 Posts. Okay, 100 posts contains 100 bits of inspiration that you can choose from to post to your followers and let them into your life and what you do, what you stand for, and just give you little pointers that you can use to get more people listening to your music. And the, and the best part about it is that every single point in this 100 posts is like proven to move people toward building a better connection. And we all know what that does, right? Authenticity leads to connection. Connection leads to true fans. Okay, so these posts will do their thing to help you generate an audience full of true fans that love and support you. Now, I think if anyone else created this, because I think it's so valuable and people, some people have had it for months and they use it all the time and love it. And I keep hearing how much they love 100 posts and people have said they couldn't live without it. And I agree with that because once you get through all 100, it's not as if you have to start all over again or you have to think of 100 more things. They're evergreen, right? So, you can just keep repeating them and just change uh, your different points and topics and that kind of thing. So, essentially, this document can supply you with an infinite amount of content. So, it's definitely valuable. And I feel like if anyone else came up with it, they might charge for this or, you know, use it, that type of thing. But I'm not about that, as you know. So, you can get your copy of 100 posts for free by going to listenpages.com forward slash 100 dash posts. That's all you have to do. Listenpages.com forward slash 100 dash posts. It is completely free. You don't have to pay a single cent for it. All I ask is that you take like two minutes to fill out a survey before you uh, before you get your copy. Now, this isn't one of those random advertising surveys on any, you know, those websites where they're like, do a survey. And it's like, how satisfied were you with this purchase recently? Not like that. It's actually about the music industry. I want to ask a few questions about your music journey, the challenges you face, and what type of content I could create to make your life even easier as a music artist. Now, you don't have to give any personal data away, but everything you submit is completely and entirely anonymous. It just helps me create better content in the future for you. Okay. In these podcasts, I want to make sure that everything I'm providing is relevant. I want to make sure that you look forward to every episode. I want to make sure that what I say actually helps you toward your music goals. Okay. By you filling out that survey, you provide me with a ton of information and value. And the way I say thank you to you for doing the survey is to give you this copy of 100 posts. So, go to listenpages.com forward slash 100 dash posts fill out the survey, get your copy and let 100 posts give you an endless supply of content to move your listeners toward becoming true fans of your music. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the I Am Northbound podcast. I hope you loved it. Why not check out another episode? I'm sure you can find one right below wherever you found this one. But before you do, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Come subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to watch these episodes as videos. And it would mean the world to me if you could share this out to your followers. That way you can help me help more artists change the world.